In a world where movies are abundant, but podcasts are, well, well, podcasts are also abundant, comes another podcast about movies. You're listening to Stop Talking During Movies. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode five of Stop Talking During Movies. I'm your host, the MC, formerly and currently known as Sick. Also, my mom knows me as Jesse, but the J is silent, hillbillies. Now, if you can hear some birds in the background, I don't know if they're being picked up, but they probably are. That's because I'm outside, and that is because I cannot record in my home studio. Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but one, well, five, I don't want to say. Five of the reasons I don't want to say because I don't want to out my family members. Uh, my kids and my wife, but I am recording outside. So hopefully that is fine with you guys. Um, I'm going to rank the last five movies that I watched. If you haven't listened to episode four yet, go back and listen to that first. That is the main reason why I started this podcast. Um, I wanted to talk about my favorite movies from 2019, which I felt was an exceptional year in movies. You know, no, you know what? I want to be more pretentious on this episode. I believe last year was an exceptional year in cinema. I agree with Martin Scorsese. Um, no. Uh, so go listen to that episode. It's our top 10 films from 2019. I thought it was a lot, really good year, a lot of great films. And I really liked, I mean, that episode was like the main reason why I started this podcast. So anyways, for this episode, I'm going to rank the last five movies that I watched. I'm just going to jump back right into it. Um, I watched, oh, also more pretension, more pretentiousness, Um, I watched three movies and two films. I'll start with the okay movies. I watched two okay movies. I'll start with the first. Uh, This is the worst movie that I watched, but I still think it was okay. It was good. I really wanted to like this movie. Um, I love the goddamn name of this movie. I think it fits it so goddamn perfectly. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Love that fucking title. Love it. I think it fits the theme of the movie it fits the character the main character harley quinn played by margot robbie i i love that um i love that title i think this movie i think margot robbie's harley quinn is fantastic and i i really want them to make a movie suitable for this character because i think she absolutely kills it i think the character is great um i think it has so much goddamn potential. Um, McGregor's in this film and he did a great job as black mask. Um, a lot of good things about this movie. In fact, I think a lot of great things about this movie, but there were also some really, really bad things about this movie as well. Um, I want to play a quick clip from this movie that I really liked. Um, and it's kind of emblematic of what I liked about this movie, which was Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I think she's, I think this is a, an example of perfect, casting this is like um this is like tom hanks and forrest gump i think this is perfect margot robbie as harley quinn is perfect casting and i really hope they can make a movie suitable to how good she could be in this role and how good she could make this character um here's a quick clip of an an example of what i liked about this movie 
and then uh, we could talk about it a little more. You're here. Oh God, stop. Because You're gonna do that thing where you open up a weird ass case of torture devices while inexplicably detailing your master plan and how I don't fit into it. I'm building a better- Seriously, you don't have to, really. You're building a criminal empire because daddy kicked you out of Janice Corp and you think this is a big fuck you, but in actuality, it's a very misguided attempt to win back his respect. I get it. You're really not as complicated as you think. And you're really not as clever as you think because now I'm gonna- Oh, Jesus. Of- Christmas. Now you're gonna say that you want to kill me to set an example. Christ, you're boring. So that's an example. Some really good stuff by Margot Robbie. I loved, I wish they would have done a little bit more of that instead of bringing in these uh, ancillary characters who were okay. I mean, you had, um, you had some okay side characters, but when they start bringing in, that is amazing. Okay. That's, that's what I hated about the movie. So what I loved about the movie was scenes like that. There was this musical number that uh, Margot Robbie broke out into in the middle of the movie. Actually, it was right after that scene, which was awesome. I loved the voiceover stuff, which I'm a sucker for. I love um, I love the style of the movie, the way the uh, format in which the story was told, I think was not the format, not the format, the the method of the plot i guess um it was really well done but it just like completely and utterly fell apart for me at the end also i have a bias towards fighting in movies and you guys heard this on episode three i believe i can't stand it in movies when you have characters in fight scenes beating people's asses that have no business being in those fight scenes rosie perez is in this movie she's a in her 50s she's a police officer a detective in this movie and yeah, she's a badass detective. Fine. She's also five foot one. She's also in her fifties. She also it's not it's not detailed in the movie that she knows some secret um, art, martial art, or something that exists in the movie. She's not a trained assassin like uh, another character in here, Black Canary. She's not a super like a, a person with superpowers like um, what's her name? Oh my god, I forgot her name in here. Uh, Black Canary. Uh, she's she's just a human being a a middle-aged human being who is beating the shit out of these six foot three guys that are ripped and look like Brock Lesnar and she's just beating them up and it's absolutely absurd there's a child in the movie and if this child started beating the shit out of bad guys it would have been just as absurd as Rosie Perez's character even coming close to hanging in these fight scenes it really was distracting um but then you pile on top of that. I mean, the, so Harley Quinn had some fight scenes, but they were pretty damn cool. Um, they were pretty well done. However, you got bad guys coming at her and other people in the other um, protagonist in the movie. And they all come at them with guns and completely outnumber them. And the good guys somehow get away, uh, find a way to get rid of those guns in the fight scenes. They somehow find a way to not get shot in the head 10 times by people surrounding them. There's a scene in the movie where all the bad guys kind of coalesce outside of a, outside of where they have Harley Quinn and other people trapped. And they kind of just give, give a speech and they they talk about how they're going to go in there and kill them all. Meanwhile, you have, without giving too many spoilers away, you have a goddamn character in here that has a, crossbow they could easily just put a crossbow through somebody's head from that distance where they're giving a little speech it's just goddamn ridiculous and it's all set in this cgi wonder space that's just absolutely distracting and and silly and there's a scene in this movie god damn is there a bad scene in this movie where a character betrays harley quinn and 
she finds out about it moments after he betrays her, moments after she almost gets blown to bits, blown into cute little bits uh, sprayed across her own cute little house. And she confronts him. And it's almost like I thought that she was going to, the next scene was going to be her waking up from a dream and then complaining and screaming like, oh my God, I was dreaming about something that made no goddamn sense. Because it, it was so utterly absurd. I, I, at that point in the movie, I was like, why? Why not make a Harley Quinn film about Harley Quinn and Joker? They, that, that's the main setup for this movie is Harley Quinn breaks up a Joker. Cool. Make that the story. You can even bring in Black Mask, whatever. God, they just brought in all these other things. It just really took away from the movie. I, I thought it was really bad. But like I said, it wasn't a bad movie. I wouldn't say that, but I definitely wouldn't say it's a good movie. And But I definitely want to see more of this character. I hope that the new Suicide Squad movie that's coming out can live up to the potential of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn because she's the best part of Suicide Squad. She is the best part of this movie. Um, I think that something really cool could be done here, uh, similar to Deadpool or something like that. I think something really good could be done with Harley Quinn. All right, talked a little bit too much about a movie that I didn't necessarily like that much. The next movie, my number four movie, a movie that I could easily see myself re-watching it if I ever did, which I probably never will, and thinking it's a complete masterpiece. However, on this viewing, I didn't like it at all. It was filled with completely unredeemable characters. Evil things happen, and there's nothing to care about. The movie is Lady Macbeth from uh, 2017. My father bought you along with a piece of land not fit enough for a cow to graze upon. You will remain indoors with your prayer book. I like the fresh air. I like being outside. Take it off. Your nightdress, take it off. Face the wall. Face the wall! Where is my husband gone? Away. To do what? Nothing for you to concern yourself with. You'll be on your own for a while. You must be anticipating the return of your husband. I must. It is not good to be without company for too long, I think. I lost. Starring Florence Pugh, who, if you listen to any of these episodes, any of these podcast TV episodes, TV. you know, is one of my new favorite actresses. I love her. She was in my, uh, spoiler alert, my favorite movie from last year, Midsummer. Um, I'll watch anything that she's in. I, In fact, I have. I'm trying to go back and watch everything that she's been in. And this is a, an example, Lady Macbeth, Macbeth. I think this is her first movie. She is incredible in this movie. This movie, to describe this movie in, in like a simple sentence, it would be a beautifully, a beautifully framed portrait of something ugly. And that could be a beautiful piece of art. But I, I don't think it is in this case. I think this is a movie that's perfectly crafted. The beginning of this movie, you see shots that are perfectly framed, almost almost hilariously perfectly framed. I mean, it's just so perfect. The acting is so goddamn good. But then what you see is characters and a story unravel that, or uh, that, yeah, a story put out there that, yeah, unravels, that's the right word, isn't it? God, yeah, that's the right word. Um you see a story take place that you just really, I, I didn't care about at all. I didn't like any of the characters. 
Nobody was redeemable. I despised it. And there was a scene in this movie. My wife and I watched this together. She straight up walked out of this movie. If you've seen this movie, you know what scene it is. A minor character gets killed. And she just straight up walked out. And she was very angry at me for continuing to watch it. But I did. I finished it. It was near the end of the movie. So I really wanted to uh, finish it. Even though up to that point, I was just confounded. I was like, do I love this movie? Do I hate this movie? What's going on here? Um, by the end of it, I just, I, I, I did reflect on this movie quite a bit, actually, because it's such a beautiful movie, beautifully crafted, and, but it's just so absurdly bad in, in some ways, in, in the manner, in, in the way that I don't care about any of the characters. I, I was given no reason to. They have motivations, and if you're going to give me a dark tragedy or tragedy, um, a beautiful tragedy filled with unredeemable characters, give me something to care about. And I didn't care about any of these characters. I didn't, I didn't empathize with them. I didn't empathize with their motivations. I couldn't understand their motivations. It didn't make sense. Um, maybe I will go back and rewatch this, just how beautifully crafted it is. But I'll tell you this, the director, um, I, I don't know anything other, uh, anything by him. I think he's a very new director, uh, William Oldroyd. Don't know him at all. Don't know anything about him. But I, I know for certain that if he puts something out again, I am all in. Because the way he crafts some film is beautiful. Uh, didn't like this movie, though. Um, but God, it had a lot of potential. Uh, I really... I don't know. Maybe I will go back and watch this one day. Um, all right, the next movie. This movie is from 2005. My number three movie, The Descent. Just give me a smile. Gina, are you sure we're going the right way? I've never been lost in my life. <laughs> There's only one way out of this chamber, and that's down the pipe. I'm stuck. I can't breathe. Okay, Sarah, you have to calm down. I'm coming, I'm coming back. Okay. Okay. Uh. Okay, move. Now! Now! This is not good, guys. Can we get out of here? Which way? I don't know. Sarah, but she saw someone back there. So what? I don't think I saw someone. I saw someone. No. You heard something and you saw what you wanted to see. It's the dark. It plays tricks on people. The Descent is a movie that I remember when it came out. I, I saw the trailer for it, and I really didn't have any any interest in watching this movie. It's directed by Neil Marshall, who directed that really bad Hellboy from last year. Um, starring uh, Shauna McDonald, Natalie Mendoza, who is awesome. Um, it's about a group of girls, or women, or whatever whatever term doesn't get me lumped into the patriarchy. Um, they all decide to go down into these underground caves as an adventure. These girls are really, or women, which, again, I don't want to be part of the patriarchy. Um, so, anyways, these bitches go down into the underground caves. And the beginning of this movie, the first half of this film, is so great. It's so well set up. 
Um, they get down in these caves and it's terrifying. The claustrophobia that's portrayed the, when they're climbing through these tiny little holes in the ground and you know, they're a mile deep underground. It's, it's terrifying. And I think had the movie stuck more with that, than bringing in these creatures, which I, I get it. You have to bring in the creatures, but by the end of the movie, the second half of the movie, these creatures had completely taken over the film and they just kept jumping out at the screen screaming and it became very annoying to me. And I get it. It's a horror film. That's what they're there for. Maybe this was better experienced in a theater. Maybe it, I would have uh, been affected by it much more, but as it is, I really just got annoyed by the end of the movie. And there were some actions that the characters took near the end of the film that um, the main actress actually just really didn't seem motivated. It, se it seemed contrived. I didn't buy it. Um, but all in all, I mean, I'm talking negatively about this movie. I don't view it neg negatively. I think it was a good movie. It's very well worth watching, especially if you're a horror fan. Um, I, yeah, it, it was, it was a good horror movie. Um, it was a it was a very good horror movie and a good movie. I would say that um, would recommend this movie for sure. And I would recommend Lady Macbeth and Birds of Prey as well. Just slightly less. Um, all right. Now on to these exceptional movies that I watched. Exceptional films. These two are rewatches for me. Um, I saw this movie, uh, I think, when it came out. I didn't watch it in the theater. I know that. But. I watched it right when right near when it came out uh, 2013 or 14 uh, under the skin starring Scarlett Johansson directed by Jonathan Glazer. This is one of the most unique movies I've ever seen. I there's not very many movies like this out there. And maybe if they made more movies like this, I wouldn't like it so much. But the fact that I've never seen anything like this, it's it's a, completely immersive movie scarlett johansson is an alien she's hunting down hey look this is what i'll say to you all right if you're a man or a woman you get to see scarlett johansson naked in this movie now if that doesn't sell you i don't know what else i can tell you uh, i guess i could tell you there's a, a beach scene where some horrible shit happens and it will it will never leave your mind uh that might get you in on it but I don't know what to tell you. If Black Widow Naked doesn't doesn't get it for you, then I don't know what I'm going to tell you. But this movie is incredible. It's the music is great. The it's a, okay. So this is the thing for me. I need a lot of dialogue. I need I need dialogue is my my weakness. I think not my weakness, but my bias. If the movie doesn't have strong dialogue, it's hard for me to stay into it. Even if it, the visuals are beautiful, sometimes I have a difficult time with that. And a lot of times when I see movies that are heavily reliant on visuals, I have to rewatch that movie. Um, the Revenant was one that I liked. I really liked it the first time I watched it, but I had to go back and rewatch it to know how I felt about it. The same thing um, can be said for Under the Skin. I watched it before. I really liked it. I know I, I appreciated the shit out of it. Um, I didn't quite know what I had just watched. But I didn't know if I loved it. So I wanted to go back and rewatch it. And I just did for the second time. And I absolutely love this movie.
just really eerie, eerie shit. Um, in that scene, Scarlett Johansson, she kind of, this happens multiple times throughout the movie, and you'll see it early on, so it's not a spoiler, but she slowly undresses as she walks backwards, and these men follow her, and they sink into this blackness. And it's really stunning, I think. It's a stunning movie. Um, very, very... So I recommended this movie to my mom. She watched it and she liked it. But this is one of those movies that it's hard to recommend to people because I could see people watching this movie and being like, I don't know what the fuck I'm watching. This is a waste of time. But I could, but I can also understand this being somebody's favorite movie of all time. Um, For me, it is definitely my wife and I are talking about doing our top films from the last decade. And this is definitely in contention for that. It's, an incredible film. Um, and again, I'm saying film because I want to be perceived as pretentious. All right. Great movie. Um, all right. My next movie, the best movie, number one, the best movie that I watched. Um, that's even a little better than under the skin, although it's neck and neck, to be honest. Um, this movie I've seen many more times than twice. This movie contains some of the best scenes I've ever seen in, in movies, period. Directed by Quentin Tarantino, one of my favorite directors, um, Django Unchained. Now, if you haven't seen Django, Dun- Django Unchained, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Now, I know my mom just barely watched it because I recommended it to her. So I'm not talking to you, mom. All right. It's cool. And you're probably not listening to this anyway. So I'm not talking to you. But watch this goddamn movie if you haven't seen it. Django Unchained is an incredible film. Um contains some of the best scenes I've ever seen in movies. I want to play a quick scene from the movie that I think is emblematic of what's great about this movie. If you examine this piece of skull here, (laughs) you'll notice three distinct dimples. Here, here, and here. Now, if I was holding the skull of, a, of, a, of an Isaac Newton or, or Galileo, these three dimples would be found in the area of the skull most associated with creativity. But this is the skull of old Ben. And in the skull of old Ben, unburdened by genius, these three dimples exist in the area of the skull most associated with Civility. Now, bright boy, I will admit you are pretty clever. But if I took this hammer here and I bashed in your skull with it, you would have the same three dimples in the same place as old Ben. Lay your palms flat on that tabletop. If you lift those palms off that turtle shell tabletop, Mr. Pooch is going to let loose with both barrels that start off. There have been a lot of lies set around this dinner table here tonight, but that you can't believe. Mr. Moby, would you be so kind as to collect the pistol hanging off these boys' hips here? All right, I was going to play more of that scene. I actually did play more of it, but I have to cut that out because I realize it's a, a lot of spoilers there if you haven't seen the movie. But if you haven't seen the movie, go watch this goddamn movie. Um, Quentin Tarantino 
is a mass. I, I I love his writing, and I think this is part. He, he feeds into my biases. I love great dialogue, snappy dialogue, dialogue that's um, interesting. Like he builds tension with dialogue. I was talking about Ari Aster the other day, where he he is a master at building tension as well, um, and he's a master at tragedy. But he, but Ari Aster does it with visuals and with getting great performances out of his uh, actors, which is, is great. But Quentin Tarantino does this with dialogue. He, his scripts are so goddamn masterfully done. And this is just a, a great example of it. I do think, so I think this movie, this movie is not a masterpiece for me. It's not my favorite Tarantino movie, but it does contain some of my all time favorite scenes in movie history. I'm not saying they're the best scenes in movie history. They're just the best scenes that I have seen ever in, in movies. Um, this scene, that scene I just played as an, is an example, the opening scene in this movie, um, which by the way, there's basically like two opening scenes in this movie and there's two endings to this movie, which the opening scenes are fantastic. I think they're so amazing. I think nobody does opening scenes like Quentin Tarantino. He's, he's the best at it. I think like, he grabs you right away. I love the opening scene of Django and there's two opening scenes basically that are just so well done. Um, this scene that I just played a bit of for you is one of my all time favorites. There's a Mandingo fight scene. I think is speaking of authentic fighting, authentic violence. God damn. Is that scene, the Mandingo fighting scene, that is an authentic piece of film that depicts violence. So goddamn realistic. You see an Americana performed, which is fucking incredible. Um, great movie. Had you know, it's one of those scenes that makes you want to wince. You know, you're like, God damn, that's so realistic. Um, great, great movie. Um, it does. So the end of the movie, there's basically. I heard somebody, I heard somebody say this about this movie, and I think it's spot on. The movie ends in a huge climax, and then it basically starts over, and then runs a mini movie of everything you just watched. And I think that's a good description of how, uh, what, what happens near the end of this movie. It's like a six act movie instead of a three act movie. I didn't love that. Um, although I did like everything in this movie, there's nothing in this movie that I didn't like everything I liked about this movie, but I didn't love the end of this movie. I didn't love some of the violence, the cartoon nature of it because you have this beautiful tension. You have all this great stuff going on, but a lot of it is relieved in a poor way, in a bad way, because you're taken out of it by the humorous nature of things going on or the outlandishness or blood being splattered about that looks like you basically you're taking a bucket of blood and throwing it on the wall or something. That kind of stuff is a little distracting and took me out of the movie a little bit, but it's always good. There's nothing bad in this movie as far as, I'm concerned, but it's a damn near masterpiece for me. I love this movie. I want to do my, my Quentin Tarantino movies ranked. I've seen them all. I think a lot of us is all, have seen them all um, right now, like as a temporary placement, man, I, this is up there. This is at the top of the list, not the top, but it's at the top um, right near the top. Love this movie. Leonardo DiCaprio is incredible in this movie. Christoph Waltz, I, I mean, I, I don't even know if I've said anything about Christoph Waltz. He's amazing. Like, he is, if if he's in a movie, I'm in. I watched uh, Alita, Alita Battle Angel, 
mainly because he was in it. And now was I completely let down by that film? Yes. Did I hate that movie? Yes. Did Talon, my friend, recommend it to me and he said it was amazing? Yes. Now, was he completely and utterly wrong? Yes. Now, will he like Under the Skin? No, no. He would absolutely hate Under the Skin. But I will watch anything with this man in it. He's incredible. I love his acting. I love the way he delivers dialogue. Um, I'm in with anything Christopher Waltz. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, again, I said, is killing it. And and Jamie Foxx, like I said, one of the most underrated actors in all of Hollywood. I love Jamie Foxx in this movie. Um, he did a great job. He went from this meek, weak, or, you know, defeated slave to this badass motherfucker by the end of the movie. Loved it. Oh, Samuel L. fucking Jackson. Killing it in this movie. God damn, is he good. There's so many great scenes in this movie. And that's why... That's why I would say I love this movie. That's why, even though there, I have some problems with the end and I have some problems throughout, it just contains so many great, great scenes. I love Django Unchained. Um, highly, 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 highly recommend that movie. You can't watch this movie and not like it. I don't, I don't understand somebody saying they don't like this movie. It's crazy to me. All right, that's it for this episode. Um, I'll be back next week to rank the next five movies that I watched. Hopefully I'll get into some good ones and uh, I'll see you next time. Until then, stop talking during movies. And I mean it. I'm sick of the mainstream, lame ass rappers all saying the same thing, the same theme. Amazing as it may seem, I daydream about the fame thing like some lame team. Cause I'm sick of being broke, like Shaq at the foul line. Sick of the crap, sick of the slacking around time. I'm sick of starving like the silverback when it's child time. They saying, y'all, sick, get back, it's about time. I'm sick of my rides and rocking these hoopties. I'm sick of not being famous and not having groupies. But what really makes me wanna start chopping up hoochies all these motherfucking people that talk during movies like talk during my drama then there's gonna be drama talk during my horror then there's gonna be horror talk during my comedy that don't bother me when i'm watching my movie just don't talk to me talk during my gangster flick i get gangster you talk during my sci-fi me my lightsaber you talk